0: Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Josh Pollard. I am the adult ministries pastor here at Renovation Church. Pastor David has gone on vacation for a few weeks, so I get to bring you the message. Uh, today, we're going to take a quick break from our verse-by-verse study through the book of Luke, which we've been doing, to talk about summertime, because it's coming. Summer's coming. Uh, next week, I'll be back again, and we'll get back to our study on the book of Luke, where we're going to be in the end of chapter 20. Uh, so look forward to that. Uh, if you would pray with me before we begin, that would I would like that. Uh, Father, thank you for a chance to uh, come here today and worship as a community, as a body of believers, that we are spending this time uh, looking at your word, seeking your wisdom, celebrating your mercy, uh, being subordinate to your justice. Uh, We praise your name today. We ask that you would speak through this message, that your Holy Spirit would empower it to change lives. Uh, And we praise your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, summer is right around the corner. Uh, I just heard, is today the opener? Fishing opener, maybe? Maybe maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but it's coming. It's coming, right? So uh, it, for many of us, it means a time of rest, right? You get out of town, you go on vacation, you go to the cabin, and even here at renovation, we just ended our house groups here, right? I hope you all had a great time in your parties last week. I know I did. Uh, if you weren't in one, if you weren't in a house group this year, I can encourage you enough I can't I encourage you enough. In the fall when they open up, join one. They're great. Now my house group leader, his name is Alex Pepin. He's a great guy. He's very wise, like all of our house group leaders. They're a very wise men. Uh, at our last meeting, he started it by reminding us all that there is a hidden lie in the idea of taking summer off for rest. There's a hidden lie in there. And it's the lie, that true rest is the rest that the world provides. Now, don't get me wrong. I love going on vacation and going camping and getting out of town. And I have three little kids, so I just pay good money for a nap even, you know. So uh, don't get me wrong. But let's not confuse all those activities with true rest. True rest. House groups may be done for the year, but that doesn't mean you need a break from intentional discipleship as if you needed a break from all this God stuff for a while, Right, As if the world could offer you better and truer and deeper rest than God could, than discipleship under Jesus Christ could. So this summer, is it a good time for rest? Yes, absolutely. It is a good time. It's a good time for the type of rest that Jesus tells each one of us, as if he's speaking right to us for this kind of rest that he says it in Matthew 11. He says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I am humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now that is the kind of rest I want this summer. That is the kind I want. Sign me up. Doesn't it sound great? Rest for your soul, for the weary and the, those heavy burdened people. That's me. Sign me up. I want that. Don't you? But do you see when comparing this that there is a seductive lie hidden in a sleepy summertime? This summer, if you want rest, do not fall for the worldly temptation of retreating into self-indulgent comforts. But instead, find your rest by diving headlong into worshiping and servicing and serving Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. He provides not just rest for your bodies, but for your minds and for your souls. Rest for your soul, it says. Summertime is a time when Satan tells us that if we can just find the right diversion from how chaotic the world is and how disheveled your life is, then it will fix all your ailments and it will refresh you and it will mend your calloused hands. But I promise you, the more calloused your hands are by work in the kingdom of God, the more refreshed and the more transformed and the more healed you will be. So if you want summertime to be a time of rest, then press yourself against the feet of Jesus even tighter, because that is where you will find true rest. But Josh, you may be thinking, house groups is over. What do I do? I'm glad you asked. Great question. As your young adults, uh, your young adults pastor, that's a new title. Your adult ministries pastor. Uh, I want to prepare you all for summertime, so that we are prepared as a church. It's very seductive the sleepy summertime that we all just fall asleep and do nothing. I don't want that. We need a plan. It is coming. We need a plan so that we grow as Christians and we mature as a church. Otherwise, we'll do the opposite. You will do the opposite. Today, we'll prepare our church for summertime by giving you three things that I want you to consider as we go into this season so we don't just fall asleep. Remember what the, the Proverbs say. It says, A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will overcome you like a robber. And that includes spiritual poverty. So let's not let that happen. So the first thing that I want you to consider this summer is that if you are on vacation over the weekend, go to a local church and worship there. Now, it might take some research beforehand, some preparation to know where the local churches are at, where you're going, and what the service times are, and if they're a Bible-believing church. But all that info can be found online these days, and it is definitely worth the effort. Let's remember that we're not here at Renovation just because we like renovation. That's not why I'm here. We're here because we want to hear the Word of God preached, and we don't want to worship God with other believers. So even if you're away from renovation for a little while, go find a body of believers and worship there with them and hear the Word of God preached. On the other hand, if you're on a kayak in the middle of the boundary waters or something like that where there just isn't a church locally available, then you, Christian, as a Christian, do your own service with all the Christians you have available to you. You know, maybe it's just you and a loon next to your kayak in the middle of the Boundary Waters, or maybe it's you and your family over the breakfast campfire or something like that, but set some time aside to read some scriptures and pray together, maybe even sing a song or at least read a psalm uh, and talk about what God's been doing in your life and where you feel the Holy Spirit convicting you and do whatever you can to not slip into the temptation of leaving worshiping God out of your efforts to be refreshed. Instead, emphasize worship in that effort because that is where you're going to find true rest is in worshiping the God of the universe. So that's the first thing. Go to church, even if you're on vacation. Now, the second and third things go together because the first thing is kind of about maintaining. The second and third are about strengthening yourself through the summer. So they go together. See, I used to be a coach. I used to coach athletes for a long time. And sometimes my athletes would have to take some time off for an injury They'd be forced to take time off. For this example, let's say a sprained ankle. Okay, So while they couldn't do their regular training because of their ankle, I'd have them devote their training time to another area. Let's say upper body strength. So then six weeks later, not only would they have greatly increased their upper body strength, but their increased blood flow and oxygen intake and heart rate from that exercise, along with keeping them mentally sharp as athletes, meant that their ankle would heal faster and stronger and better. And as a result of their forced forced time off, they become stronger and more capable and more useful in a way they never would have had an opportunity to do if they hadn't taken time off from regular training. Now their alternative to that would have been just to sit out for six weeks. And when that happens, it results in a slower progress in healing. Ultimately, less range of motion in their injured ankle, no improvement to their upper body strength, a decrease in performance in other athletic areas, and psychological challenges like depression and anxiety all stemming from a sudden loss of activity. And they end up suffering far worse, far worse, from overresting than they ever would have from their initial sprained ankle injury. And in the end, they are weaker and less capable and much less useful to their teammates. And if we are not just hobbyist theologians and we are actually united together on the mission of Christ, then we can learn that same lesson and let your summer of rest be a summer of strengthening rest so that when you come back to house groups in the fall, you are still sharp and you are stronger and you are more capable and more useful as Christians. So the first thing we have was go on vacation. Well, yeah, go on vacation and go to church. Second thing is to strengthen yourself, as my grandfather would say, strengthen. Strengthen yourself by memorizing something in the Bible. Something. Okay, There is nothing that's more useful for your ability to understand and share your faith than being able to remember the words of God. Psalm 119 says it like this. He says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When you memorize these scriptures, you find that the Holy Spirit brings them up to your mind at just the right time to encourage your faith, or to convict you of wrongdoing, and to steer you back on path, or to share God's truth with others. But maybe you're like me. You know, for a long time, I had I settled on this idea. I was convinced that I'm just not good at memorizing passages. It's just not the way my mind works. You know, it's just not a gift God has given to me. I can get, like, the concept of a whole, you know, a whole section and tell you all about it, but, like, verse by verse quoting, can't do it. Cannot do it. So I didn't spend time memorizing Scripture. And it has, without a doubt, probably more than anything else, hindered my usefulness as a Christian, and it's left me quite vulnerable to certain struggles. And after being quite convicted about that, uh, I discovered the secret to memorizing scripture are you ready for this This, i'm going to tell you guys the secret if you're going to write anything down this is what you should write down the secret to memorizing scripture is that you just have to put in the time that's all there is to it right if you're not spending time trying to memorize scripture you're not going to memorize scripture okay it's all you got to do it only takes a little bit of time here's how i do it this is a method that many, many people have done uh, over the years. It's not mine. I just stole it from someone else. Uh, I learned it from someone else. Uh, here's how it works. I pick a passage or a section or maybe even a chapter. People use this to memorize whole books of the Bible, and you can too. It's quite simple. And you take your passage, and on the first day, you open your Bible, and you read that passage word for word ten times out loud. Just count them on your fingers ten times, looking at each word as you go, like taking a picture in your brain. Then you close your Bible, and you say it ten more times without looking too much. Okay? And you just count it. Day two, you say yesterday's verse ten times without looking too much. Just count it on your fingers. Then you open your Bible, and you read today's verse ten times. Then you close it, and you say it ten times. Then on day three, you say yesterday's verse ten times. You say all your verses from the beginning up to yesterday one time without looking too much. Then you open your Bible and you read today's verse 10 times and you say it 10 times and that's it. And then you go on from there to complete whatever section you're working on. There's no secret to memorizing Scripture other than putting in that bit of time and effort. It really takes only a few minutes a day, and you can memorize large sections of the Bible like that. Maybe not total recall where you can just quote like a whole book, but you remember it in your heart. It says, he wrote it on your heart so that you might not sin against him. Right? That's what we need. So this summer, pick something from the Bible to memorize something. Maybe you start with one psalm or one section or one chapter. I'm working on Romans 8. So in a couple weeks, ask me out there and I'll do my best. I'll probably mess it up, but I'll do my best to say it for you. But pick something, right? Maybe you do it with your family. Maybe you do it with your small group over the summer to stay connected. Come September, you could be going back to your house group with the entire book of Philippians or even the entire book of Colossians memorized just by doing one verse a day if you started now. One verse a day. How much more deeply would you understand it? How much more uh, quickly and usefully could you whip it out and use it? Much more usefully. That's how much. So, our first thing was go to church even if you're on vacation. Our second thing is that you should strengthen yourself by memorizing something from Scripture this summer. And our third thing that I want you to consider is to strengthen yourself by studying. Now, just a bit ago, you heard John get up here, and he announced that sign-ups are beginning today for Renovation U. Now, Renovation U classes are designed specifically to be very helpful for everyone, from a brand new or even not yet Christian, even if you're not a believer, all the way up to people that have been following Christ for many decades. Through the years, we've had hundreds, hundreds, literally hundreds of people take these classes, and they are always so useful, not just to the individual, but to our entire community, our entire church, and even outside these walls to the community at large. You see, studying Scripture and theology is so important. It is essential. It is so important. And one of the places we can see that is in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 to 17, where Paul, the Apostle Paul, he's sending this young man named Timothy into ministry. And this is the advice that he gives Timothy. He says, But as for you, Timothy... good work. Now, what I want to point out here for us is that we see something repeated in this passage, a repeating structure. And if it happens twice, it's twice as important, okay? So you see here in this section that Paul is showing us that we are shaped by things, okay? Things that we learn, things that we are convinced of, and things that come from trusted sources, and that we've trusted from when we were very young, things that teach us, and rebuke us, and correct us, and train us, See, being molded and influenced by things is unavoidable for us. As humans, we are very malleable creatures. We're very influenceable. But as for you, Christian, what matters is that you are molded by Scripture. See, this summer, you will change. Every one of you will be different come September. You'll be molded by what you learn and experience and what you let rebuke you and correct your path in life. Will that be four months of sitting around with self-satisfaction and comfort being your guides and Netflix as your teacher? Or will it be the Holy Scriptures, the Word of God, breathed out by the same mouth that the psalmist says breathed out the stars? You have to actively make that choice. And as for you, curious person, skeptic, person with questions, you must decide if you are satisfied enough by your questions or if you will look for answers. I'm claiming that your eternal destiny is at stake. Are you satisfied enough to walk away from that? Or will you study the Bible for yourself? See what it says. See, There's a scene uh, in the book of Acts where the Apostle Paul goes to a city called Berea. And I just love this passage so much. Our third daughter's middle name is Berea because of this passage. And he preaches the gospel there in Berea. And it says this. It says that they believed, they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. See, when it comes to God, when it comes to something so weighty, a claim so weighty, never take someone's word for it, whether it's convincing or not. Don't take their word for it. Examine the scriptures to see for yourself if what they say is true. Lastly, we see back here that being molded by scripture has a purpose. See, we study the Bible for two reasons. One, to be wise for salvation in Christ Jesus. And two, to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The whole point, the primary point of all Bible reading, of all theological study and work, is to make you wise for salvation. That is primary. First and foremost, it is for you, yourself, For yourself coming to understand the holiness and justice of God. Your own unholiness and injustice. The deep self-giving love of God resulting in Jesus' willing sacrifice in your place. And his promise to come again so that you will put your faith and your trust in him. And have eternal salvation. But again, don't take my word for it. Be like the noble Barans and go see for yourself if it is true. And second, this is for the people in your life. See, the Christians in your life will struggle with their faith. Perhaps God will call upon you as the tool he will use to encourage them. And you will speak with non-believers. And perhaps they will find themselves the most open to hearing from God they've ever been in their entire life, ripe for spiritual harvest, and God will place them in your presence. Will you be wise for salvation, for their salvation? And while Satan can never stop God from saving someone, he can do all he can to make the tools in God's shed as dull as can be. Don't let that be you. Like any good gardener, God gets the most done with sharp tools. And even the sharpest get dull over time. So you have to let the gardener resharpen it. In Renovation you you're going to learn so many things that will sharpen you, that will make you wise for salvation. In the first steps, class, like you heard John say a couple minutes ago, you get a broad overview of the basic tenets of Christian faith. They also happen to be some of the things we forget most readily in times of struggle. Things like, how can we even trust that the Bible is true at all? Or why did Jesus even have to die? Can't he just go, forgiven, it's all done. You sharpen your ability to answer these types of questions for yourself, for your fellow Christians. And for people that aren't yet believers at all. And then in Minding God's Word, you'll develop an entire toolbox of your own uh, for how to read the Bible well and actually understand what it means. So that whatever questions you may have, like those brands we talked about, you'll be able to go and examine the scriptures and find the truth. Then when you're reading the Bible with your small group next fall or with your family or with your kids or just with someone that has questions, You can actually understand what it's saying and help each other discern the truth of the passage. Then you get to Theology 101 and 201, which just means a study of God. You dive into theology. It means that you start asking big questions, and then you see what God said about it in the entire Bible, and then you organize all that into an understandable, organized answer to those questions. Questions like, what is sin? You know, How does Jesus' death save us? Those are big questions. You won't learn what to think, but how to think through those big questions biblically. Then you get to Old Testament 1 and 3. We offered Old Testament 2 last summer, and it'll come back, but you can take those in any order. It's okay. You get to put all that you've learned into studying large swaths of actual Scripture with other, pe- with other people. And by far, trust me, by far, 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 the dullest tool in the modern Christian's toolbox is our knowledge of the Old Testament. Nothing will make the modern Christian stronger and sharper than a good long walk in the Old Testament. It gives power and meaning and support to everything in the New Testament. If the New Testament's claims seem to lack power and clarity in your life, then you should ask yourself if it's because your Old Testament muscle is underdeveloped or if it's atrophied into uselessness. And then you should go sign up for an Old Testament class. And you should finally get some rest from the weight of ignorance of the Old Testament and thus misunderstanding of the New Testament. And remember, let's remember, all this studying isn't just for head knowledge. It's not just for the sake of studying. No, no, that would be the way the Jewish leaders back in Jesus' day thought. And as we study, we need to remember the rebuke that Jesus gave to them in the book of John, chapter 5, where he tells them, you search the scriptures because you think in them you will have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you will have life. Don't forget that being molded by Scripture is first and foremost to make you wise for salvation so that you would have an intimate relationship of personal trust in Jesus Christ. That is what it is for. Now back in 2 Timothy 3.17, we see that once a person is saved, And as a servant of God, the scriptures go on to make them thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every good work. So if you want to be equipped for every good work, for your family, for your small group, for the community at large, while you're serving here at church, then you need to be molded by scripture. No scriptural competence means you're ill-equipped for the job. You don't have the right equipment to do good work. No matter how motivated or charitable or compassionate or trained or selfless you are, if you aren't being molded and sharpened by Scripture, then you are ill-equipped to do good works. The more you are shaped by Scripture and sharpened by Scripture, the better you can do the good works that God has put in front of you. Or maybe, have you ever thought, you know, I just don't feel like God's really given me the right work to do. I don't know how I'm supposed to serve in life. You know, I go to church, I go home, and maybe you think, aren't I supposed to do something with my faith? You know, like, aren't I supposed to help someone or something? Well, perhaps, if that is you, and then that's where you're stuck, then perhaps it's because you are ill-equipped to handle such good work yet. And you need to get equipped to handle that good work before God will give it to you. And we need good workers, well-equipped, Scripture-shaped workers that are sharp and strong. So if you haven't yet, for the sake of you and your small group this fall and your loved ones and your family and this church and the community around us, grab that piece of paper under the chair in front of you and fill it out right now so it's ready to drop in the box on your way out of this room. Last summer, we had 114 people in the city of Blaine, Minnesota, being shaped by Scripture all summer over Zoom, while we taught from a basement in an office building down the road. And it made us strong and sharp for a very difficult year. There's more people than that in this room right now. So sign up so that we are ready for whatever is coming next, because we need to be strong and sharp. We've seen that. So sign up so we can get strong and sharp and get some actual rest. So here are the three things that I want you to consider for this summer. Do not give in to the temptation of a summer full of self-indulgence, as if that's the real kind of rest that you really need. Instead, keep your bodies connected to other Christians. Keep your hearts filled with the scriptures. Keep your mind transformed by the Spirit, and you will find your soul truly rested and enjoying the salvation of God. Now maybe some of you are here and you're just starting. You're just starting to learn about God. You know, for one reason or another, you've been curious or you, you for one reason or another, you're here today. Right? And we're talking about the strength giving rest that Jesus Christ provides. The spirit filled rest. The salvation enjoying rest. The rest that He will provide you will start in your soul by taking the weight of your sins away once you trust in Him. And it will go on from there to give you a calm strength through even the darkest days that may come. I highly encourage you, if that's you, to sign up for a class today and learn more about this. But I also must warn you that Christianity is not an academic subject that you can just learn. In many ways, it's like swimming in water, right? You can read books about swimming. You can watch videos about swimming. You can go to swim meets and you can have a poster of Michael Phelps on your wall at home. But until you get in the water, you will never, ever fully know how to swim. Until you jump in and feel the wetness of the water and how it both supports and resists you, you will not understand. So if you truly want to know more about Jesus, then the best thing you can do is to believe in him. He will reveal himself to you in a whole new way. He'll make it clear to you that you are a sinner and that he died in your place so there could be justice for your sins. And that when you believe in him, you become one of his children and he will give you everlasting life in heaven. You, he'll give it to you. You will be one of his children when you jump in. So at this time, I want, church, I want us to pray for the people around you that might be hearing Jesus call them so they can listen without distraction. And if that's you, if you can hear Jesus saying in your heart, "Well, everyone's praying, if you can hear him saying, come to me, you are weary and you are burdened, and I know that, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm gentle, I'm so gentle, and I am humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. If you feel God calling you and saying that to you and telling you that he's chosen you today, then what I want you to do is stand up where you are as a way just to say yes to that. So go ahead and stand up right now. If you're on that fence, when I made this decision, I was on the fence. If you're on that fence going back and forth, I promise you the yes side is so much better. The heavy yoke of your life is what's keeping you in your seat. Put that down. You don't need it. Instead, put the light yoke of Christ that lifts you up on your shoulders and find a place of rest in him finally. Stand up right now. Okay, you can open their eyes. Nobody stood up. And that's okay god saves who he wants when he wants right amen is right but it also must be a reminder when that happens that happens sometimes right it must be a reminder to us church that we can't count on people only coming here to hear jesus to hear about jesus we can't count on this is the only place the people that need to hear the gospel and hear about jesus are out those doors which is why we need well-equipped workers out those doors out there in the world if you have any questions about Renovation you John is at the table and he's dying to talk to someone about it. So go talk to him. All right, Pray with me. Father, I thank you uh, for another chance to uh, just come to your feet. For another chance to learn about you, to worship you, uh, to try and convince people that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Not just convince them, but show them. Show them the results of that. Um, we pray that the people that are here that might still be on the fence, that they feel your spirit working on them all day and cannot go to sleep until they pray and give their lives to you tonight. Uh, we praise your name, Father, and we just ask that you be glorified through our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.